amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. to thank W.J. Pierce for creating and performing our music. Good evening and welcome to Thorn and Cross, Haunted Nights Live, where your hosts, Alistair Cross and Tamara Thorne. Thank you for joining us. Uh, before we introduce tonight's guests, we'd like to tell you a little about Exorcism, which is our latest Ravencrest Saga collaboration. Midnight, the witching hour, watery echoes in an empty building, the grand Greek pool at Ravencrest Manor babbles and gurgles as chlorine-scented water pumps, flowing like cool blood in veins and arteries. The moon, full and high above the arch-glass ceiling, shines its light into the cobalt pool, casting splintered rays across the water, picking up golden highlights as it reflects on the constellations, the planets, and moons set into the bottom of the pool. A spring and a sunk from a tall diving board, then a splash as someone dives in and somehow... Water explodes into the air. The sound ebbs and flows with movement. But if no human ear is present to hear it, no eye to see it, can these things be real? Or are they merely tricks of light and sound, magic courtesy of Mother Nature? Soft golden lamps flicker to life, and then music, faint but unmistakable, rises and echoes. Eddie Cantor, if you knew Susie like I knew Susie. Laughter, the sounds of a party, the voices of glasses clinking. Something white and serpentine slithers and stirs beneath the water like glistening cold silk there and gone again in an instant. All right. You can find Exorcism as well as book one, The Ghosts of Ravencrest, and book two, The Witches of Ravencrest, in ebook and paperback at Amazon and everywhere books are sold. All right. Again, you're listening to Thorn and Cross Haunted Nights Live, and we are your hosts, Alistair Cross and Tamara Thorne. You can learn more about what we do at our websites, alistaircross.com and tamarathorne.com. You can visit our mutual blog at thorneandcross.wordpress.com, or if you tweet, our handles are at CrossAlistair and at Tamara Thorne. You can visit our Haunted Nights Live page on Facebook, and if you're on Instagram, you can find us at, at Thorne and Cross or my own Instagram, which is at official underscore Alistair Cross. For more information on the show, you can visit Authors on the Air on Facebook, Twitter, and at AuthorsOnTheAir.com. This is a broadcast of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, LLC. 
All right. Uh, on to the good stuff. Um, as any good horror lover knows, George A. Romero invented the modern zombie with Night of the Living Dead, creating a monster that has become a key part of pop culture. Uh, he often felt hemmed in by the constraints of filmmaking, and in order to tell the story of the rise of the zombies and the fall of humanity the way it should be told, he turned to fiction. Unfortunately, when he died, his story was incomplete. Enter Daniel Krauss, a lifelong Romero fan who was honored to be asked by Romero's widow to complete The Living Dead. Daniel Krauss is a New York Times bestselling author who, with Guillermo del Toro, co-authored The Shape of Water based on the same idea the two created for the Oscar-winning film. Also with del Toro, Krauss co-authored Troll Hunters, which was adapted into the Emmy-winning Netflix series. Krauss's The Death and Life of Zebulon Finch was named one of Entertainment Weekly's top 10 books of the year. And he has won two Odyssey Awards for both Rodgers and Scheller and has been a Library Guild selection, Bram Stoker finalist, and much more. And what's even better is she's here with us tonight to talk about mm-hmm. The Living Dead. Welcome to the show, Daniel. How are you? Hey, what's up? I'm doing great. How are you? All right. We're uh, good. We're, <laughs> we're good. Yeah. <laughs> All we're right. So excited. So, mm-hmm. We are excited. This is really this is really cool. So I guess you know we got to start at the beginning. Uh, before we get into the Living Dead, um, could you tell us a little about your journey to publication? Um, yeah, I mean, I grew up wanting to be a novelist or um, at least a writer of some sort. I mean, before I was even aware of that kind of thing of career ambitions. I was writing stories, you know, in first grade onward, really. Yeah, I right. never really stopped. I think once I got, you know, to middle school and uh, high school, I was writing novella and novel length uh, stuff. So uh-huh. I was really, I was really, really into it at a young age. Um, but I, I didn't really think of it. I mean, I grew up in a really small town, and this was, of course, pre-internet. So I never really thought of it as much of, uh, really as a career that was attainable in any way. And I also wasn't very forward or outward thinking with my writing. Like I never showed my books to anyone or anything like that. They were purely just for uh-huh. me. I enjoyed doing them. Uh, so my road to publication was uh, I wanted to be a novelist up to the end of high school. And then when I got to college, I took a weird little sidetrack and did uh, filmmaking for I don't know, 15 years. Oh, and oh then, wow. um, but you, you know, I burned out on that. And uh, ultimately I'm a, I really am truly a hermit at heart. I'm a real <laughs> introvert. I like to, I like to work uh-huh. alone. And it, I started to really feel like I had, you know, I dropped my one true love, which was really had always been books. I mean, I never stopped being a, a rabid reader, and so I decided to try to try to recapture that kind of love for writing that I had um, up until college. And so after after about a you know ten or fifteen year break, I I just tried writing a novel, um, and I I wrote it, and I was lucky enough to sell it, and I haven't looked back. That's wonderful. That's cool. It is. And, you yeah. know, I, I, we totally relate. I think I speak for both of us when I say we totally relate with the uh, 
being introverts. I think it would be so hard to have to be creative uh, in a, in an environment that that's, I mean, there's always hands and, you know, multiple hands in, in, in the work, but when you're writing a book, you really are doing it kind of on your own. Uh, yeah. And the, the technicalities come later, so to speak. I think it would be really hard to be creative in something like film. Is that, do you, is that what it was like, like for you? Well, very difficult? I mean, I don't think it would be that much harder to write in film and I'm, I'm certainly doing some of that, but uh, I think I was much more involved in, you know, production. I was, I was shooting, right. directing, and, 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 and that was fine. You can be an introvert and do all that, but uh, it, mm-hmm. it takes a little more out of you, you know, you, you, working and communicating with large groups is just more tiring when you're a person who'd rather right. work by themselves, yeah. by themselves or in small groups. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, you know, there were things about that, that period of my life that were really fun but um, I'm 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 the happiest just sitting here at my desk every day. Right. <laughs> oh yes. Right. <laughs> we understand. <laughs> we totally yeah. get it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So there is um, uh, there are a, you know you've got a lot under your belt. Uh, tonight we are going to talk about the Living Dead mainly though, and um, I guess you know this is really exciting because this is I mean a legacy and to be part of it is yeah. really really cool. So. Um, can you tell us how you came to be involved? Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a really long version, but I will give you the abridged version. <laughs> uh, basically, I mean, you know, the long version stretches back decades. I mean, really, uh, George Romero had been had been toying with a uh, an epic zombie novel since you know around the year 2000 at least. Um, uh-huh. Wow! And then this particular manuscript, he worked um, on and off for the last ten years of his life, approximately. So it was something that was important to him, um, and that uh, his, you know, his wife reports to me that, you know, it was uh, he considered it a, a major part of his zombie universe, but also he was he was not, you know, naturally a novelist. He was a screenwriter and. You know, he was somebody, one of those people, and this is something you can do in scripts, where you can kind of mm-hmm. go on a writing bender and you can you can write a screenplay yeah. in a, a, few, a few days. Yeah. I think uh, I think right. novel writing kind of uh, surprised him in that it took it took a lot. It's a, it's not a sprint, you know. It's a it's a I marathon. It. <laughs> uh, but he, you know, he died in 2017, and the manuscript wasn't finished. And about a month later, I got a call from his uh, manager and wife saying that, um, you know, this was a book that was important to him and we don't want to see it go unfinished. So mm-hmm. they asked me if I would like to uh, take a, a stab at completing it. And I had spent my whole life really obsessed with George Muir ever since I was five or six years old. Um, so he really was a formative figure in my life. Uh, he changed who I was and eventually dramat- dramatically changed who I would be as an artist. He was, along with Rod Serling, who I also was um, uh-huh. um, exposed to at a very young age, th- those mm-hmm. two people, Serling and Romero, probably affected me more than any t- other two artists 
uh, in my whole life. Um, wow. So to so to be a part of this ending the story that I began or that he began 50 years ago and that I first saw when I was just five or six years old is a pretty stunning prospect for me um, right. and something that was a little bewildering and humbling. Certainly. I'll bet. Yeah. Wow. That's oh, wow. so cool. That is so Isn't cool. It? I, it, it, and, and how did, how did, um, uh, how did his wife find you? Well, his manager, uh, I knew his manager a little, and he, one of the things he knew about me was that I was a, uh, a real Romero scholar. So I wasn't nice. just a fan. I was somebody who had devoted a lot of time to studying his works. And those, rather importantly, those weren't limited to his zombie films. I was just, uh, I, I mean, to make, to, to sort of split hairs here, I, it wasn't that I was a super zombie fan. It was that I was a super George Romero fan. And I knew about, right, I right. knew a lot about his entire body of work um, and was just a, a kind of a, a real student of his. And I had also done a couple um, other collaborations that were successful. So I think I was a person who had the background in, in George Romero and had the experience of successfully collaborating. So I, I think I, those two things anyway, going for me. Wow. Nice. No, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Sure is. So, yeah. So, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. I just lost what I was going to ask. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. So what, what can you, we've been, we've been uh, looking at this. Like I said, we haven't, we have not finished this book, um, but we have started it. It's, it's wonderful. You've got, um, it's got reviews from Clive Barker, Joe Hill, <laughs> Paul Tremblay. Mm-hmm. This is like yeah. one of the coolest things to happen <laughs> for big horror fans in a long, long, long time. Mm-hmm. How yeah. how are you? And I know it's getting uh, good good you know good reviews. How are you? How does it feel now that it's done and it's out there? Well, you know, it's a I guess it's a relief, um, and I'm only starting to feel that relief now. It was something that you know when it popped up, I had a lot of other things, a lot of other projects going on that I was in various mm-hmm. stages of, and all of them got shoved to the side. I could I could work on this so it's you know all I've done for you know at least two years and if once you had all the promotion and uh, editing more like three uh-huh. so it it feels it's a relief I think to get it done I think when I started it I was kind of thinking well if it's really good everyone will praise rightfully praise Ramiro as the genius he was. And if it's really mm-hmm. bad, everyone's gonna blame me. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I thought it was—I thought it might be kind of a losing proposition for me. But uh, uh, the debt that I owed to to George was too immense to to turn down the opportunity. And yeah, I've been really bowled over by the reception. And I don't normally uh, pay much attention to it. I know people say that, but I truly don't. I usually don't read any reviews. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty ignorant of the mm-hmm. reception. In this case, in this case, it's very different because I'm I'm also working with Romero State, so I'm much more plugged in to the reception. Uh-huh. Uh, right. It's been, I'm just I'm so pleased that it's hitting with so many people. Um, so I'm just I'm really really happy about how things 
have turned out. Good, good. Yeah, it's it's. I've heard really, really good things about it. I'm seeing it everywhere, mm-hmm. all over Instagram yeah. and Twitter and Facebook. It's it's all over the place, and you know, people really are loving it, and I think that's fantastic mm-hmm. because it would be. I think it's very brave of you to to have have gone through yeah. with this because you're exactly right. It's like people. It's you know, it could it could it could be a a hard thing, a very difficult thing. That's stressful. Just. Think about you know filling those yes. shoes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, the way I thought about it was as like a, like a minor league baseball player being called up to the big leagues. Like it's yeah. it's nerve wracking. <laughs> it's, it's nerve wracking and there's a lot of pressure and stress. But it also felt like I had been training for it. You know, like the, I really yeah. had been just just because I enjoyed it. I had been, you know deeply invested in studying and analyzing his films for decades. Um, right. So I, I, I really was as prepared as a person can get to attempt something like this, you know, and it, right. and I, I had, I had written a few other kind of epic books. So I was, I wasn't a stranger to the kind of scope that this, um, that this book, the, the manuscript was clearly indicating mm-hmm. Um, so I, right. I knew I had the, the kind of building blocks, the tools to do it. Um, uh-huh. that's, you know, that's a, a mechanical way of looking at it emotionally and all the, the pressure and all that. Yeah. That's something else that I just had to, to learn to work with and deal with. But, um, wow. it, but it was never less than a complete joy though. I mean, despite the pressure, uh, uh-huh. It was just so exciting, exciting for me to to be working in, within this world. Oh. I I I usually only was having a great time. Right. Now yeah. I was wondering, did you grow up on the movies, and which one is your favorite? Oh yeah, I mean, Nine Living Dead is the first movie I remember seeing. Now, no doubt that I saw you know, some Disney movies I mean, or whatever when I was a kid. I sure. just don't remember. But they didn't make an early impression on me. I understand. So yeah. I, <laughs> I absolutely, I absolutely grew up with Night of the Living Dead. And then, uh, and, and for a while that was it, you know, because for a while there, at least uh-huh. in my small town, we didn't have, you know, we didn't have VHS players. There was no video store. So right. the only things that you were going to see were, were movies that are on TV. And because right. it was public public domain, Night Living Dead was on TV all the time. So for my for my young years, I just saw Night Living Dead over and over. And once there were video stores, that's when I was exposed to his other films and HBO mm. as well. Right. Which which one do you? Like? Um, I'm fond oh. of the shopping mall one. That that's probably yep. my favorite. Dawn of, of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead is Dawn the most the popular film for sure. Um, ah. I. Night of the Living Dead uh, is my favorite film of all time, but it's mm-hmm. it's so emotionally tied up with who I am that I I almost right. can't evaluate it. So mm-hmm. aside from Night of the Living Dead, my favorite film of his is probably Day of the Dead, which is the third one. Oh, yeah. He made six zombie films. Uh, the third one uh, takes place in kind of an underground bunker, and... That's yeah. the one where that has the the zombie named Bub, who is the one that they're the oh, scientists yeah. are sort of teaching to yeah, uh, yeah. to interact with living humans. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. I always wondered if they sort of came up with uh, what was his name, Fido, the the little English huh. film with, about the zombie came yeah. from there. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> well, I mean, really, every zombie ever came from that Living oh, Dead. So, true. True. Uh, right. And and then. Um, so that started the genre, and then Dawn of the Dead in 1978, that exploded the genre. That was the one that really led to the 70s and 80s wave of zombie movies. So you can trace uh-huh. almost everything back to those two movies. Yeah, right, you really right. can. It's amazing. And, and, and it makes me wonder, uh, you being uh, having grown up on it and it being such a big part of you, uh, who you are, what What are your thoughts on uh, some of the contemporary uh, zombie movies like, say, or shows like, say, like The Walking Dead? What do you think of that? World War Z. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah well, yeah, I, things I, like I that. would say that I have, I have not – well, let me start with this. I, I have seen plenty because I watch lots of horror movies. I've seen plenty of zombie movies, some of which I like, but none of them really affect me like Romero's. Uh, yeah. All six of his zombie movies are still, to my to my eyes, the the six best. Even his later movies, I think, just have they have much more intellectually going on um, than than anything else. Um, right. So I have generally mixed feelings. Even when I can recognize the the zombie films as good, they don't they just don't move me that much. Um, right. I really, I, I really have very little experience with The Walking Dead. I've seen very, very little of it, so I, I don't have an informed uh, opinion yeah. about that. Uh, World War Z, I, I, uh, I, uh, I don't believe I've read the book, and I, I have seen the movie, uh, and did not care for it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I do. There are zombie movies that I really like, but they're. Not that one. <laughs> and, how, about, um, how about Shaun of the Dead? <laughs> Shaun of the Dead. That that's probably well, my favorite. I, 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 crazy I one. You, uh, George Romero was not a big horror fan. He did he did not um, his when he was young he he had he liked horror and there were uh, movies and books that inspired Night of the Living Dead. But as he grew up, he he very rarely watched or read horror movies. But one of the ones he one of the very few that he really liked was Shaun of the Dead. Um, <laughs> Nice. So, <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah. He, 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 had, <laughs> he got a huge kick out of that. Um, so, yeah, I think some of it is, is great. Um, I'm trying to think of another one that I, I really I – just, I just – nothing's coming to mind because I don't think there's a real answer. I don't think I have yeah, any right. other, other beloved zombie movies. I, now, I, the only rom-com I ever liked was – oh, who's talking? The only rom com I oh, ever liked was a zom com. What was it? Li- Warm Bodies? Oh, it wasn't oh, yeah. great, though. Not like Shaun of it the wasn't Dead. Great, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what were you going to ask? All right. So I was just going to say so the book is The Living Dead, and it is um, available now. It's getting rave reviews. Um, and uh, Daniel, what can you tell us um, without giving anything? giving too much away about the book itself, the plot, you know, the story. Right. Well, I mean, the first thing to know is that it, it does end the, a 50-year story that Romero began with Night of the Living Dead. So it's a, if you've ever seen that movie or Dawn of the Dead or any of those movies, you want to know how it all ends, well, this is it. This, is, uh, this, this wraps up the story. This reboots the zombie uprising to day one. 
And uh, while his movies only ever went five years into the future, this book goes 15. Um, so you're, it takes you all the way to a time when uh, humanity is, is so small that they're not really even creating more zombies. And the zombies themselves are starting to die out. So it introduces this whole yeah. other chapter of um, of humanity and, you know, whatever the zombie word for that is, zombanity. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, you, you are, you're introduced to a, a real cross-section of American of Americans. You know, we have uh, a teenager who lives in a trailer park and a commander, um, a navigator on a, a, a Navy um, airship, aircraft carrier, um, a cable news host, um, and, you know, all of these people have their own dramas and their own uh, sagas that, you know, it's, it's an epic book. It's It's almost 700 pages. So, it's a very deep, broad scope look at how the entire country deals with this, and eventually the uh, surviving characters. So not all of the ones that you fall in love with are going to make it. Uh, they their stories intertwine, uh, you know, in this uh-huh. section that takes place 15 years in the future, and it has a lot to say about, you know, just what, what, it, yeah. what are what what George Romero saw as the quintessential American problems and American dilemmas, you know, which were to him were the inability to work together in times of crisis. That was essentially was his, his thesis statement was that uh, humanity and especially Americans would fail to pull together in a time of crisis and that, that institutions, American institutions were not to be trusted. Wow. Nice. It's, it's, uh... yeah. (laughs) Fitting, <laughs> very fitting. Yeah. So uh, we're just about out of time, but before we let you go, um, can you tell us what you're working on now that this big project is over and done with? And I'm sure you have a lot of publicity and stuff to do for a while, but uh, creatively, what are you working on next? Well, believe it or not, next month I have two more things coming out. Um, I have nice. a. <laughs> Yeah, it's a really busy time for me. Um, so in September, I've got a kids' book coming out called "They Threw Us Away," which is the first of a trilogy about teddy bears that wake up in a in a city dump, and they don't know why they've all been been tossed out because they're brand new. And so they set off on this three book journey nice. that's kind of like Watership Down, except it's teddy bears, and they go on this very <laughs> perilous hero harrowing uh, journey to figure out <laughs> what what they did that was so bad that they got thrown away. And it's pretty scary for a, a kid's book. And then uh-huh. at the end of next month, I have the first issue of a comic book uh, from Vault Comics. It's called The Autumnal. So that sort of ah. falls under the folk horror subgenre, I would say. Oh, nice. Nice. One of my favorites. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? We we would love to have you back, so we'll keep in touch. Uh, we even have a we even ha- we even do uh, you know, I kids, or uh, on them. yeah 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 yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah yeah uh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so we will we'll, we'll we'll be in touch. We'd love to have you back. And and one more yeah. one more thing before we let you go, can you tell our listeners where they can go to find out more about you and your work? 
I would just go to danielkraus.com, K-R-A-U-S, and that will have all the links to everything else you need to know. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Um, it has been a pleasure uh, meeting you, and yeah. again, uh, we, we hope to have you back, and uh, congratulations. This is really cool. Yes. Sure Thank is. Thank you so much. Great. Yep. Ah, uh, you're you welcome. Being on and and thank you everybody for listening. Uh, this is Thorn and Cross, Haunted Nights Live, and until next week, we wish you haunted nights and sweet screams. Thank you for listening. Good night, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five but if you want to hone in on those winning moves check out Chumba Casino at ChumbaCasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes there are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses so don't wait start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary VTW void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus hey guys it is Ryan I'm not sure if you know this about me but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can I like to work but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.